Welcome back to the Unjaded Podcast. This is your host, Alex Miller, here for season two. In this episode, first episode of season two, we have my good friend, Sam Kabert. He's a Silicon Valley 40 under 40 recipient. He's a content creator. He's a co-host of a podcast called What Up Silicon Valley and another podcast called Soul Seeker, which helps people find their soul life balance. In this episode, we talk about how he developed the mindset of being an entrepreneur. We talk about the importance of making connections and having side hustles and how to overcome imposter syndrome, which is something I struggle with every single day. Sam is a great friend, great mentor to me. He was the reason why I started a podcast. He encouraged me to start a podcast even. He even came up with the name Unjaded for this podcast. So I'm so excited to share his knowledge with all you guys. And here we go. You're too young. Oh, it's too high level. You shouldn't publish this yet. This is the Unjaded Podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So for people listening, Sam, a year ago, we're sitting in Whole Foods having lunch and he was like, Alex, why don't you, why don't you start a podcast? You've been telling me the entire three years I've known you to start, like you want to start a podcast, you haven't yet. (laughs) So it took like a year, a little less than a little less than a year for me to finally publish it. So it's just so fitting that you had to be on this, (laughs) this podcast. Thank you for having me. And you know, I think that's a good thing to not rush into it and take your time too, you know, because I'm the opposite. I just do things and I figure them out. Uh, I figure it out as I go along. And um, it's hard for me to relate to people sometimes because (laughs) most people need to know exactly how it's going to be done to like launch a business or do anything, let alone a podcast. So um, yeah, yeah, sometimes I need to get grounded. But yeah. (laughs) Well, I I like that mentality too. Like you don't have to you don't have to get perfect. You just got to get it going. Like it's something I feel like I've really adapted over the last year. So I, I definitely agree with that mindset, but it took me a while, like you said, to, to find that niche of like, what did I want to talk about? How did I want to position this podcast? And it was so funny because it's live when you say, what about unjaded? And I was like, is unjaded a word? And you're like, is Spotify a word? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And that was literally thing- live on your podcast that you said, what about unjaded? <laughs> I forgot about that. You're totally right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I've been hearing you say unjaded for years, right? Haven't you jaded. been saying Yeah, it? like don't become jaded. It is typically what I've like, yeah, had in my mind. Oh, so I did make up the word. You did yeah. make up the word, yeah. Did you actually look in the dictionary? And it's definitely um, it's, not a word, no. What about Urban Dictionary? Can you make it your word in Urban Dictionary and have it be like Alex Miller's podcast be the definition? That's actually such a good marketing idea. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if you can just do that, right? Oh, you can edit things. I mean, you must be able to. If it's like Wikipedia or something. But right. I see Alex writing down the action item for <laughs> do after <laughs> this podcast. I love it. It's a great idea. <laughs> so just getting into it, I like, like, you know, this podcast about people who are not jaded. They're people who do what they love. And they're not, they don't fall into this hamster wheel of, you know, that corporate mindset maybe, or just doing a job that they just don't like just because they think that they need to do it because they need to make money. It's people who went against the grade, despite people probably telling them like, it was stupid. You can't do this. How will you make money that way? Um, And so I want to just learn about that mindset, right? So let's start a little bit about you, where you're from, how you got into what you do now. For sure. So I grew up in Gilroy, California, garlic capital of the world. 
30 minutes south of Silicon Valley, a little hick town for people that don't really know it. It's kind of funny because a lot of um, California is pretty rural, you know, and people that aren't from the States or even from California don't really realize that. And it's just kind of funny. So I grew up with uh, horses, goats, and chickens and things like that. And um, my parents had an office supply company that was in downtown San Jose, the heart of Silicon Valley for years. So I grew up with entrepreneurial parents, went to school at Chico State, go Chico. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Started my first business um, like a couple months before I walked. Like I finished coursework in college, but it was a couple months before I walked. And so funny story, you know about Chico Feet, but listeners, do you know about Chico Feet? No. Well, you don't. Okay. So maybe we should talk about how we got connected. Whatever, It's your podcast. But anyway, so Chico Feet. <laughs> This is my first business. So in the town of Chico, California, um, it used to be like number one party school um, in the nation by Playboy magazine in the 90s. So long time ago, it's still like a college town and whatever for people that aren't familiar with it. But everyone around there calls the bottom of their feet Chico feet because they're dirty from like slip and slides. It's a hot town. You go floating on the river, you know, day drinking, all that type of stuff. So, you know, everyone, like all the college kids call the bottom of their feet Chico feet because they're dirty. So with that in mind, I went down to San Diego uh, for my internship. And one day I called my mom and I was like, oh yeah, I got an internship down in San Diego. And she's like, oh, congrats. Uh, cool. Whatever. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, working at this little hotel. I was a recreation major. She goes, oh, we have these really cool sandals that leave an impression in the sand of whatever logo, whatever words you want, because my parents have an office supply company, but they also sell some promotional products, branded merchandise, swag. So I go, mom, I'm not going down to San Diego to like go sell swag for you and sandals. And then all of a sudden on the phone, I go, wait a second, Chico feet sandals. And I look at my buddy, Kevin, he's in the other room and we're always bouncing business ideas off each other. I go, Hey Kevin, what do you think about Chico feet sandals? They leave an impression in the sand of the words Chico feet. He's like, it, this is like 2010 or something. He's deep in his head in his phone playing Bejeweled. He never like looks up. He's just like, you know, <laughs> he looks up and he's just like, yeah, thumbs up. And I go, mom, I got to call you back. So from there, the whole idea was to take this common expression of Chico feet in the town and then attach it to a tangible product, sandals with a Chico feet logo that leaves the Chico feet logo in the sand. So I did that and really what I was trying to do was build brand awareness and recognition and then go B2B and sell promotional products. Be like, hey, look, I made swag work for me. Now, how can I make swag work for you? You know, and that was the Chico Feet story. And I don't remember why I brought that up, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's that was- Because you got started as an entrepreneur almost, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that was And the then first did you and Serge start a podcast when you were in college as well? No, I so sir, okay, so we have a I, my first podcast was called What Up Silicon Valley. We rebranded it to the Sam and Serge show and and named our media network um What Up Silicon Valley and my co-host Sergio Oliveri, amazing guy, met him in 2013, I believe, through the Silicon Valley Young Professionals and um, I was like 
23 or something, give or take. He was probably like 30. He's, he's several years older than me. Um, and then I became chair of the Silicon Valley Young Professionals. And then we started to work together a lot. And then we started to become friends too outside of work. And there was like this, uh, w- there was like three of us that really were like the ones putting on the events. It was Sergio, myself, and Pal Vinder, who you know from Playground Pictures. He's got a video production company in Sunnyvale. And Pal is this amazing director. You guys um, have seen his work because Alex actually works with his company to do like photographs and things like that. Probably not videos yet, huh? No, not what, videos yet, but I what want these to. Days? I actually just pitched, this is like side note, but I actually just pitched Pal's company to a company. Like I just talked to him like two weeks ago. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Love that. It's a power networking. So yeah, Pal, uh, Pal Vinder, our, our buddy, he would make these amazing like 30 to 60 second little short videos to promote our mixers for the Silicon Valley Young Professionals. So it was like me, the chair that I was like, you know, just the chair, whatever a chair does. And then, um, Sergio was the one that he actually worked through the Santa Clara Chamber of Commerce at the time. And the Silicon Valley Young Professionals well, is still a subsidiary of that. It's a program. So Sergio had all the contacts and he do most of the event planning. I would do some of that too. So like the three of us had a really good um, working relationship for years. And in around 2016, so I'd already known Sergio and Powell for like three years and been working with them together. Around 2016, like I had already moved back to Silicon Valley in 2012. So I've been back for four years and I'm just selling swag. Um, I merged Chico Feet with my family's office supply company and was just selling office supplies and swag, mostly swag. And um, I just kind of looked around and I was like, man, it's hard to get respect in Silicon Valley uh, as a dude selling promotional products because, you know, like everyone wants to know like the latest grace tech and what's your startup and this and that. And I was like, I really need to change the conversation. And I was like, man, Chico feet really got me a ton of brand awareness. Like the, uh, the founder and owner of Sierra Nevada beer is in and Sierra Nevada beer is out of Chico, right? So I was on the local news. I had a meeting with Sierra Nevada. I was waiting outside for the meeting with the marketing department. I saw the CEO and I introduced myself. He goes, oh, I know who you are. I saw you on the news. And they did like some written story. So there was a lot of brand awareness and everyone knew at the time of this uh, company Chico Feet. So I was like, that's really cool. Like big fish, small town, you know, that wasn't too hard, but it was also a creative product, something gimmicky that, that worked. How can I do that in Silicon Valley? How can I just have this chip on my shoulder, a guy selling branded merchants and, and office supplies. Like, how is he going to stand out? He's the, I was the chair of the Silicon Valley young professionals on the board of, of a couple nonprofits, but wasn't good enough. You know, I just was like, you know, had that chip on my shoulder and I started looking around. I saw friends from college. Um, one guy specifically, he's a psychologist and he was crushing on YouTube at the time. He had maybe 10,000, I was going to say subs subscribers. Um, and I don't even know how many as now, but anyways, he, his videos are highly edited. He does a great job. He's very personable, but the guy has his masters or whatever in like psychology and is he's a psychologist and he's crushing on YouTube. I go, huh, that's interesting. I have a friend, I had a friend who was working corporate in HR and she had a side hustle business where she was coaching up uh, young professionals, 20 somethings, uh, uh, like career coaching as her side business. And she had a podcast to support that. 
And then I saw a couple guys in the swag industry that had a podcast that I actually really liked listening to. So I was like, I want to get into content creation and I, I, I want to do podcasting. So I pitched it, pal and Sergio, the two guys I was working with for to your point earlier, it took you like a year. It took me three months just to convince these other two guys <laughs> to do it. Neither of them wanted to do it. Um, it. Sergio was so against it because he's a huge Howard Stern fan and Howard always talks shit. Okay, I say that on a podcast. Yeah, you can say it, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. explicit, so. <laughs> I, I figured, I figured. So eventually I convinced them. Um, and then when Sergio just came over my, I told him to come over to my house one day. I go, we're just going to do the damn thing. We, we didn't know what we were doing. I tell people it was like that scene uh, in Zoolander. I just hope we know that's going to be the name of this podcast. We're just going to do the damn thing. I'm running. I love that. Yeah, write that, write that down. Um, just do the damn thing. So, um, you know that scene, and this is for the listeners, uh, as you write, but like imagine your mind's eye Zoolander when like at towards the end of the movie and they're trying to get the files out of the computer and they're like, it's inside the computer? And then they start going, inside the computer. And then like they start like dancing like monkeys. That was Sergio and I on our first podcast. We were like, <laughs> we just hit record. Like we had no idea what we were doing. Talking like, to my shit. What up? What do you do? The pilot. What up? Pilot podcast. I stuttered on the first episode, so he always gives me shit for that. But um, pilot podcast. Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. And then I started to listen to podcasts on how to podcast. I went to the National Com Podcast Convention and I just got obsessed about podcasting and learned everything I could. And within a few months, not only had we partnered with the Silicon Valley Capital Club, which is the most baller networking club in Silicon Valley, in the South Bay of Silicon Valley, we partnered with the Silicon Valley Business Journal. And what else did we do? Um, we interviewed a 49ers Super Bowl champion in the KNBR studio at Levi Stadium where the 49ers play within like the first 10 episodes or so. So this is all a couple months in as we're start as I'm starting to learn everything about it. And I'm I'm like, holy crap, like there's something here. Like we have something here. And then that's when we decided to do the rebrand and bring on some of our friends and teach them how a podcast to have them on our network so we could build this network that's larger than ourselves. So um, wow. that's kind of the story of what up Silicon Valley. That, yeah. I mean, just everything, right? From graduating college to, you know, you know, doing Chico Feet to promotional to swag to starting your own, you know, podcast. Where do you think you got that mindset from of like, I don't want to go to a big company. I want to start my own thing. Ooh, great question. Great question, Alex. I love it. You're so good. What, what, what interview is this? Like number four? Uh, seven. Seven. You're, you're natural. You're going to crush it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um, so I remember a long period of failing at selling office supplies and absolutely hating it. I was terrible. I still am uh, terrible at selling office supplies. And you guys could imagine, like, it's not, it, how are you going to have passion about that anyways? And then- <laughs> Some yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Well, my parents' company, Value Business Products, is the last remaining independently owned office supply company in Silicon Valley. Like back when I was growing up, there was like 30 family-owned office supply companies. And 
for the past 10 years or so, give or take, we've been the only one in Silicon Valley. There's one that's independently owned in San Francisco. There's one in like the Santa Cruz area. So close to Silicon Valley, but nothing in like true, like, you know, um, 408 area code, which is Silicon Valley, not San Francisco. That's not Silicon Valley. Right. Um, yeah. No, no, it's not. Yeah. So anyways, not the Valley. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but that's where people get confused that aren't from here. So anyways, to answer your question, when I was failing at office supplies, um, and I was probably like 24 or something. So I was still young. I was seeing my friends crush it at like Salesforce and companies like that. And I was just like, what I was having these conversations with my parents, like, wouldn't it make more sense for me to go get corporate experience and then bring that back and apply that to the business? Like, I don't like doing this. I'm not happy here. And my mom supported it. And my dad was, he was really against it. Um, he was like one day and we, we worked together and we worked in the office in Morgan Hill. And, um, one day he wants to go out to lunch. Usually like lunch at our office is like someone goes and picks it up and brings it back. And we, it's like a working lunch, you know, like I never go to lunch with my dad. I'm like, <laughs> you want to go to lunch? And he's like, he's wearing, you know, like shorts and sandals and t-shirt in summer and his dog's just sitting there and we're like, you know, it's just, it's a nice summer day on a work day. And we're like sitting on a patio at a restaurant. And I don't remember if at the time I was dressed up nice or if I was dressed down because now that's a whole thing to talk about too, clothing and work. But anyways, we're sitting there at lunch and my dad just goes like, look around, like, look how great this is. Like, you don't understand like the opportunity you have here. And like people, like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I'm paraphrasing, but he was just saying like, you're not going to have this in corporate. If you work corporate, they're not going to care about you. You're going to be working long hours. You're yeah. going to be working for someone else. I know you, you, you don't like taking orders, you right. know, like, and I was like, okay, fine. So I gave it some more time. And then a year or two later, I stopped selling office supplies and I went just selling swag. And that's when everything changed because I've always been good at selling swag because I'm passionate about it. And I was always, so all of a sudden now my sales just started to climb. And for the next three years, I doubled my business three years in a row and never stopped growing. So um, that's, yeah, it was that moment that really sticks out that, uh, having lunch with my dad where he was really like, look around and look how great this is. And then me being like, eh, this is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I also, I, I do think that I say this all the time when I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've said it on your podcast, but I say this all the time that I come from a family of pirates. Like I come from a family of entrepreneurs and it's so hard when you don't come from that mindset to mm -hmm. go into corporate and vice versa. It's so hard to be an entrepreneur when you only have a corporate mindset. And so I really do feel like coming from an entrepreneur family really benefits you um, to not fall into that like hamster wheel of corporate ladder. Cause like you said, you, you were a big fish in a small pond or in a small pond in Chico, it would be the exact opposite if you went to big corporate. Right. And even, yeah. but even in Silicon Valley, that was my point. I was a small fish in a big pond and that's why I needed to get into content to change the conversation. And, yeah. um, yeah, totally. Wow. So I also love your mindset of like, just do the damn thing. <laughs> I guess I, I definitely think I maybe developed that mindset just by, by knowing you. Um, when did you kind of discover that that mindset was different than other people? 
Uh, oh, that's a great question too. I got it from my dad. He instilled that from me. Um, and when I discovered, when did I discover that it was different from other people? It yeah. was definitely, um, throughout this whole journey multiple times. Like it just, it's, it's like, a a progression that just, I just understand it more and more by the day. Like, and when was the first time it actually clicked for me? Maybe during Chico Fee, um, back in college. Cause I remember a lot of, um, my peers or peers, a lot of my college friends being like, you started a business. Whoa. Like, whoa, like, huh? <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going, not that hard. Like just do it. Cause my dad used to always, um, say like, you know, so many people spend so much time on their business plan and they just stress over it and everything. And then they never take action or by the time they take action, they need to change it because they don't, they didn't actually test it out. And that's the truth. Yeah. Like whether it's a podcast or anything or a business or anything, if right. you take too much time to plan it, you're going, it's paralysis by analysis because you can never plan everything out and you're going to have to be able to be flexible and to pivot no matter what that's going to happen. Will you be more prepared if you prepare more? Yes, but it, you're still going to need to be able to be flexible and pivot. And I think I've just um, mastered the art of being flexible and pivoting and not being tied to this is the way I envisioned it. So this is the way it's going to be done. You right. know? Yeah, I absolutely, I love that. It's, it, it's, it's so unique. Um, cause especially like you said, when people are like, Whoa, like how do you even do that? And I do think so many times people spend so much time, like making sure like everything's perfect and then they never do it cause they don't think it's perfect. And I feel like that's kind of like imposter syndrome maybe. Mm. So do you think, did you ever struggle with any type of like imposter syndrome? I love that you asked that because I do a ton of uh, workshops and webinars and things like that because I have a new coaching business now and that's just like what you need to do in terms of the customer journey and lead funnel. And what I always, always, always talk about imposter syndrome because I work with a lot of new entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs and or even content creators as well. And so I always talk about imposter syndrome. What I say is we all have imposter syndrome. We all do. Like even the Gary V's of the world. Like if, if, if they don't like, if they say they don't, they're lying straight up. Like, cause everyone is trying to level up every time. And we all know it. Everyone's like, achieved a goal, right? Whenever yeah, I, I'd hope, but whenever <laughs> you achieve a goal, right? Don't you set like now a higher goal and it's leveling up and now you start to compare yourself to a different, uh, higher F echelon of people, right? So you start to naturally get down yourself and we all have these negative voices in our heads. And it's funny, um, you know, it goes back to like high school, like hot topic or Claire or Spencer's or whatever the stores were called where it had those t-shirts. Like I hear your voices in my head and remember those like, yeah, the yeah, now as a, yeah. Like now as an adult, it's like, Oh shit. Everyone hears voices in our head. And that's what imposter syndrome is. It's the negative in, uh, voices in our head. So what I say is politely invite those negative voices to shh, just tell them, <laughs> shh, just tell them quiet or uh, honor that they're there, but just realize like the devil and the angel. And these, this is the games of the mind. And I'm really into spirituality and meditation, things like that and uncluttering the mind. And that's what it's all about. It's realizing like, 
Hey, like they're there. And I'm in Aubrey Marcus's mastermind. Um, he's business partners with Joe Rogan. If you guys aren't familiar with him, of him, but he's uh, the founder of on it, a supplement company. And he's really into like spirituality and plant mess and things like that. And I asked him about imposter syndrome. And what he said is if you're not feeling imposter syndrome, you're not playing big enough, which I love that. Ooh, Isn't I that love good? That too. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Wow. Well, like yeah. Will Smith has like that, like a little like tiny excerpt about that when he went um, uh, skydiving and he was like, it was so scary. Like and no one wants to get out of the plane. No one does. But then once you get out of it, you feel like bliss, like pure bliss. It's like an amazing experience. But like it's similar to like imposter syndrome. We tell ourselves you can't do it. You can't do it. But once you get on the other end of that fence and you're like, oh, this is easy. I thought this was hard. I didn't even know that. You know, it's crazy. It's a hero's journey. Are you familiar with the hero's journey? No. So the hero's journey is Joseph Campbell's um, uh, archetype to a story and all the major films follow it. And I can tell you it because I have it on the background of my phone at the current time of this podcast. Ooh. Starts with the ordinary world, right? So let's take Alex, for example. She's thinking about... Uh, starting a podcast, but it's, you know, a little intimidating and she's not, she doesn't know what to do. She's in the ordinary world. Step two, she has the call to adventure. She's curious and she wants to start a podcast. Step three she, uh, is the refusal of the call. I can't do this imposter syndrome, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Step four is meeting the mentor. Maybe that was me. <laughs> possibly <Maybe>. you. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Number five is crossing the threshold. That's doing the damn thing, right? And then six is tests, allies, and enemies. So basically, like that means like you're starting out struggles and that type of stuff. And this is in now you're in the special world, like the non-ordinary world. Seven is approaching the cave. I'm just going to go through these. Uh, eight is ordeal. Nine is uh, reward, seizing the sword. Ten is the road back. Eleven is resurrection, and twelve is returning with the elixir. And then it's like a whole cycle. So. Oh. Um, yeah, it's pre if you start like watch Lord of the Rings or any adventure movie, like you'll start to see the hero's journey is like in every story. Is the resurrection like how they changed? Yeah, the so like person how they became after this, right? So, like, believe it or not, I've never watched the, all the Marvel movies, so I'm kind of doing that in a quarantine. <laughs> and I watched Thor, and I didn't realize that Thor was like this dick at the beginning like he was super cocky and whatever and then he went through the hero's journey and then when he came back home or even when m most people have probably seen it um when he's able to pick up the hammer again he became worthy that was like the return you know the transformation yeah dang yeah. i love That's that cool stuff send me that yeah. photo please <laughs> yeah i'll send it to you so here's the thing guys um what the reason why i have this as the background of my screen is because I like so many other people have been having a roller coaster of emotions and feelings during quarantine. And um, having this photo has been so grounding because when I start to feel bad or whatever, I'll look at the photo and just be like, oh, this is where I'm at on the hero's journey. This is just all part of the process. So it's cool. I love that. Can then right? if you're like if you're feeling underwhelmed or if you're in it helps you have hope in those dark times but it also keeps you humble in those those high times when you're like I'm on top of the world right now, you know, and <laughs> it's going to start over again. And I 
it's that's like literally I'm so mind blown right now because I do think that with every kind of chapter in our lives we have that exact same cycle like I had it with tennis I had it with college I had it you know with the working for for the sharks I had it with podcasting it's so funny it's crazy because then you're then you're ready for the next thing after your the yeah. next journey. <laughs> we're we're constantly doing it. And to your point of like with tennis or with the sharks and all these different things as it's going on. Once I went out paddle boarding, probably I go paddle boarding a lot since I moved to Santa Cruz, but um probably a couple months ago. And by the time I got back, like, you know, I went uh, around for a while. Um the waves had been pretty big. So I was waiting for the set to slow down and the sets didn't really. And then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go in now. Or I think what happened was I started to paddle in, but then by the time I was halfway there, like a bigger set came in and it was just like having that courage, right? You know, it helped yeah. me realize like, oh, this is like a mini version of the hero's journey. Like there's, a, you could apply it to so many little mini things in your life. It's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah. how do you keep yourself positive in those like hard times and you're like wow like this is a challenge right now wow I don't think I can I can do it I know like you know looking at that screen is one thing just to remind yourself but is there any other practices you do to be like I can I can do this yeah so I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek uh start with why right um so in all of my webinars and my courses and things that I train my clients or you know whatever, I uh, always have them start with their why. And I teach them that the why, your why is your anchor. So essentially talking about grounded, when we start to get really airy in our head and have these emotions of, you know, the future of the past, because we're not present, that's usually what the problem is. We're either focused on the future or the past. The Our why, going back to our why, if we have created it, will ground us and that will be literally figuratively our anchor to bring us grounded. Now, it's also going to be our North Star to guide us out of that pit and get us to keep going because it's that vision as well. So it can be, it can ground you, but also get you out of a pit. And so use it as an anchor and North Star. And then I have a ton, a ton of resources on how to, um, uncover your why and it's simple simple exercises because i feel like so many people overcomplicate like i just said like i love simon simic and his book start with why but it's like a it's a 200 plus page book and like i have a list of like maybe 10 questions that you can journal on for 20 minutes and marinate it on it for a couple days and go back to it and then you, you can find out your why that way which is mm -hmm. so like it doesn't need to be like this really um, heavy thing to do. And you can always change your why and update it too. Yeah. And what's your why? It is to inspire and motivate soulful people to take bold action and pursue their highest excitement. So, you know, yeah, my thing, so inspire and motivate, like one day I would like to, um, be on stages and get into public speaking about soul life balance rather than work life balance. And I know the demographic of people I want to work with is conscious and mindful and soulful, that type. And I, as you know, and everyone has said this, like I'm really good at taking that bold action. You know, I'm starting to see that my role is more turning into the mentor, like, um, versus be that hero. Like I want to help the heroes, um, and be that mentor and show them the path to take the bold action for them to pursue their highest excitement, which a lot of times it's getting out of the career that they're not happy in. And I know a lot about business, so I'm doing business coaching. So 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. And Thank why you. do you think, um, you know, for students, my demographic, like for this podcast is people either just coming out of college and not knowing what they want to do with their lives, or they're like stuck in the, their first job that they hate and they don't know like what the next step is. Um, so maybe explain like, why is it, why is it so important to find your why? Um, yeah, it's a good question. So why is it so important to find your why? I mean, it gives you clarity, right? You know, we can go about aimlessly and wake up one day in a relationship or job or whatever. But if we just ended up there and one day we wake up and we're going, I'm not happy. It's because we didn't take the time to actually be intentional. So I think, um, you know, having that why, not only will it help you with the tough times, but it's also going to be your guiding star to the type of life you want to live. And it's not just like having one why, right? Like you can have your why applied to many things. Like Alex could have a why for her podcast that's different than like what she does for a living or, or why she plays tennis or whatever. Like you can have multiple whys, you know, yeah. um, and it just keeps you focused. Oh, I love that. So yeah. going along with that question, um, you accomplished so much being really young. Um, you know, just with, you. when you think about like the, the 10 years after, you know, you, you graduated or even you're in school, like that's like, that's crazy, you know? And, um, I think that, uh, we learned so much along in our, in our twenties that we didn't, we thought we were a totally different person when we were 21 and I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I had a lot of, you know, I started anti-bullying nonprofit when I was 19. So, amazing. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's funny that we, um, and I thought I knew everything, but I, but I turned out I didn't, but we just, our mindsets changed so much uh, in our twenties. So looking back, uh, you know, to that 22 year old, 21 year old Sam, what would you tell him, uh, as, mm. as advice, like going out into the world? That's, that's an interesting question because yeah, I would answer that totally differently before I went down the spiritual path, right? Like now that I'm like so into like spirituality and that type of thing, it's it's very much like I I wouldn't want to change the course, right? Like before I would have been like, oh, you know, maybe like do this differently or something <laughs> like that, like a back to the future type thing. Yeah. And now I'm just like, you know, like like just just breathe just, just, in, that's the share I'm wearing, <laughs> but yeah, just, just breathe, just like, just enjoy it. Cause you know, that's, that's been my biggest balance. And I think that's a lot of, um, what our struggle is, is not enjoying the journey. And it's cliche to say, but like, it's not about the destination, but I really, it, this really hit home with me last year in 2019, after I was named to Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 list, I was more relieved having been named to 40 under 40 list in Silicon Valley, then I was um, grateful and proud of myself because I put so much pressure on getting this recognition that I was all about the destination and it wasn't about the experiences that led up to it or even being in it. So yeah. That's what yeah. they say. Um, I think I probably told you this before, but that uh, are you, maybe you've heard this is setting a goal is like rowing to an imaginary island. You're never going to get there. Because then once like you that. were on that list, you're like, okay, like, shouldn't I feel something more? Like I wanted this for so much. Like, you know, you can't grasp it almost because you're like, 
okay, th- it didn't fulfill me as much as I thought it would, you know? And so now on to the next goal. <laughs> exactly. And that's the conditioning of our society. You know, like a lot of our goals are financially based and why are they financially based? They're, they're for our security and it's for us to feel safe or it's for us to get this possession and then we get the possession and then we like it for a few weeks or a few months or whatever the case may be. But then now we want something more, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's part of the way we're programmed, you know? Right. So a question for you is I feel like it's really rare to, and I've noticed this as I've, as I've gotten older, that it's really rare to have the ability and the confidence to speak up about your ideas and beliefs and share that with other people. Like it's, mm. it takes a lot of confidence and courage in yourself to say, I believe like these are like the three questions to help you find your why. And I believe like, this is the best, you know, advice for podcasts. And I believe, you know, I believe this. And so where do you think you develop that courage um, and that confidence to speak out about your ideas and communicate those dreams and abilities to other people? So I was actually really shy in high school. Um, and I, I like growing up, I, um, was like a basketball kid, all this type of stuff. And, you know, like good kid and all this. And then, um, I got into metal and like heavy metal music in junior high. And then I discovered marijuana and then I was always high. And then it got me like paranoid and uh, quiet and all that. And I no longer was like hanging out with like the preppy kids and all that type of stuff. And I really just hated life and hated myself and just didn't, didn't really was lost, you know, and I wanted to join the army at the time. I was like, I need to be, I, I need to be fixed. Like, and that was a big thing with my parents, you know, and, it just like that whole thing. Obviously I didn't go that route, but my, my thing was like, I am so fucked up. Like I need this to, um, to get me back. Right. And when I met, eventually made the decision to go to Chico state, um, I looked at that as a fresh start. I was like, this is a fresh start to create the man that I want to become. And it's just, this is like, this is a fresh start. So I took that wholeheartedly and I didn't know about the universe before that or manifestation, but like I get chills talking about now because I've never actually vocalized this or thought about it. But I think the universe really saw that and rewarded that because they put the right people in place to guide me to the path of having confidence. Mm-hmm. Like my best friend, Kevin, like the same guy I told you about that was there when I started um, or had the idea of Chico feet. Like he helped me with so much stuff. Like whether it, he taught me what the word entrepreneur was and mind you, both my parents are, well, they own a business together, but both of their parents are entrepreneurs. And like I have entrepreneurs on like down back to like the grandparents and even great grandpa on my dad's side. So I should have known what the word was, but I was like, Oh, I didn't know what the word meant. And it was like stuff like that business wise, but also like, you know, he was a, a meathead, like captain of his football team, all that type of stuff. So like, you know, bro, it gave me more confidence, that type of way too. And then little things too, that seem little, but like I was super, um, what's the word? Um, self-conscious about my appearance with my like Jew hook nose or my, my hairiness. Like I, I got made fun of in elementary school for being like hairy because I was, I'm hairy cause I'm Jewish. And it's just amazing. Like how, like 
this person was uh, like how we came into our life and other people too, right? Where it helped me like find confidence and things like that. But definitely in college and the fraternity experience, I mean, I, I did the whole bro thing. I lived above the most popular bar in college where top frat, you know, I did all that. And it was like total opposite of high school, you know, and and I just had this vision and this burning desire. There's a book, Think and Grow Rich. It's my favorite book of all time, written in the 1930s by Napoleon Hill. And in it, he gives you the blueprint to success. And it starts with having that burning desire. And really, I was at such a low that I really had this burning desire to reinvent myself. And I mean, I feel like some of our best transformations happen after lows, you know, like you, you, after you hit rock bottom, like it's kind of like, it's terrible, but you kind of, after you experience the other side of hitting rock bottom, you're, you kind of embrace that rock bottom because you are like, okay, I need to feel it to heal it. Right. To get woo woo on you. And um, uh, that type of stuff. I, okay, I'm not going like bypass this. I'm not going, I'm actually going to feel it and I'm going right. to get through it. And this is actually going to be exciting because there's going to be transformation on the other side. I may not oh. know what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I, I saw a quote the other day that said, um, you can't heal if you pretend you're not hurt. <laughs> Oh, I dig that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And also, um, I feel like with the rock bottom comment, when you feel rock bottom, you're like, I survived this. Whoa, like I was still breathing and, you know, and I, I kind of, yeah. you know, still made it. And so um, I don't, I think people are fearful of that rock bottom because they don't know what it's like, right? Like similar to how everyone panicked during this pandemic, when everything first happened, it was hysteria because no one has felt it before. No one knows what it's like, you know, to be in a pandemic. And so that unknown makes people so fearful. And so when you, when you hit that, then you have, you are like, Oh, I know what this feels like now. And you know, I became better for it. And so when I hit this again, I'm going to become better. You just know yeah. it's like that hero journey. So I absolutely love that. Exactly. Two more questions for you. Um, when I interviewed people on this podcast, I got a really famous um, cliche phrase uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, like I would say, you know, what was it like? Like, how do you, you know, speak up about your ideas or how did you, you know, just go for it? And they would always say, you just got to believe in yourself. You just got to believe in yourself. Yeah. And I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, what does that even mean? And so my next question for you is what does believing in yourself mean to you? Mm, I like that. Um, okay. What does believing in yourself mean? You need to be able to see it before it happens. And I mean, I've been using Michael Jordan as an example a lot recently, probably because the last dance, right. But he was cut from his bas high school basketball team, right? Like if you don't think that he put his uh, head on his pillow at night and saw his success, then you're dreaming. Like, like I, all the best athletes in the world visualize their success. I'm getting into surfing right now. And when a wave is coming and I just don't really think about it, and because I'm still learning, right? I'm not going to catch. Uh, sometimes I'll catch it, right? But like, if I see it coming in my mind's eye, and I it, like even you know the night before, whatever, you see it happen before it happens, and it's the same thing with business. Like, I could see myself like being forty under forty on Silicon Valley's list. Like, I think really? I'm. Uh, 
Yeah. And I think I'm playing small uh, because I can't see myself on Forbes or like Entrepreneur Magazine or like the big, big stages, right? Uh, I always have like what seem like big goals to me and what seem like big goals to other people, I can see them like the 40 under 40 list, for example. But to get on like Joe Rogan's level, I cannot see myself at that level. I have a lot of imposter syndrome and I'm not being cocky saying that I have what it takes to be there because I don't believe in myself that I could be there. Right now where I'm at, it's this other level and I'm trying to break through that so that I can get to a higher level. So for me, I, this is a constant struggle with me because I don't think I believe in myself. You know, like, and this is that imposter syndrome. I deal with imposter syndrome big time. You know, like even 40 under 40 at Silicon Valley, in Silicon Valley, I'm like, who the, who the hell am I? I'm some dude that sells swag. Like if Elon Musk isn't on that list, then it's a bullshit list. And because he was never on that list, you know? So I, I look at imposter syndrome like that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't feel that I really believe in myself to the capability that my potential has. I think there's still more. And I think for most of us, that is the case. Even if we are quote unquote successful from other people's point of view, I think a lot of us know that we have the capability of doing so much more. Yeah. Oh, I love that because it's so true. And I, I think that, that that's a big um, struggle with like big dreamers. Like people who dream like real, I think like you and I are both very similar and we have like big dreams. Like some people are like, my goal is to own my own hair salon and nothing's wrong with that, but that's like their dream and it, it can be achievable. But sometimes when you have these like huge dreams, like, no, like I want to motivate and inspire thousands and thousands of people. Like yeah. that's like, that can be <laughs> really hard to, to even um, picture that because something maybe our minds can't even can't grasp. Right. Yeah. yeah. So can you picture that? I want to. Like I'm right there with you. Like I would love to be like right. Yeah. Would, like speaking in front of thousands of people at like a conference. I would love to be doing that. That's like a so, big dream of mine. If it's yeah. really hard like you're saying to to um to put yourself in the mindset to visualize that. Yeah. I think we, you and I need some mindset coaching. I might know some people that could help us with that. And I'm not just saying it uh, to be nice. Like you really are a great interviewer. Um, I've done a lot of podcasts in terms of being on other people's podcasts and you do a great job of going beneath the surface and at least, um, you know, getting, you're bringing things up in me that I didn't know were there. Like, that's not something I've articulated before. And, you know, I've worked with people that are supposed to like woo woo people that are supposed to help you remove blocks and whatever. And, you know, like talk about your chakras or whatever. And like <laughs> that exercise you just did, uh, like really challenging me, like, what does it mean to believe in yourself for me? Like that, that, that's really helpful. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. Do you have any final thoughts or anything? I'm excited to see the growth. Um, it's awesome that you're doing this and I'm pumped for you. And um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to get those blocks removed of uh, seeing ourselves on a bigger stage, right? I know, both times, right?